Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, you guys? Alex Pulowski here for the Fightful Wrestle podcast. Uh, I am here with uh, maybe a bit of a love connection here, at least a green card connection. <laughs> Jeff Hawkins and Anna Bowers uh, are here, my guests, to go over NXT TakeOver San Antonio, the one with the uh, cattle skull as the logo. Uh, by the way, I, I do love that logo. Uh, so, uh, Jeff, how are you doing? Doing great. The future ex Mrs. Hawkins is on here with us. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, you know what? It it it's it's very. I'm very very pleased to be here because I was one of those people who was kind of downplaying how good this NXT takeover might be and thinking it might be the first in disappointment. While there wasn't were no great matches on here, there was a lot of very very good ones. So I'm I'm more than happy to talk about this card. Uh, Anna, uh, I saw some of the things you're tweeting out. It seems to me that you might disagree with your future husband and say that there were many great matches on the card, including a segment that I believe you'd like to marry before you marry Jeff Hawkins. (laughs) Yeah, well, first of all, Jeff, nice to meet you, and I'm glad that divorce is aiming high. Um, For me, it is. That's why I love you. Um, Yeah, I'm. so there were two segments well, segment and a match that um, have been added to the marry list. Um, legitimately, yeah, I would like to propose to. I don't even know how this works logistically, but can we do this? Yeah. Oh my god, it was no, so good. We'll, we'll get to it. I'll, uh, it I'll so definitely, uh, I'll definitely officiate the ceremony for you. Uh, I will ordain myself as a minister of a religion that I make up on the spot, and I'm sure that's how it works. And anyway. Uh, let's, I'm being, let's I'm being cuckolded on my own show right now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get right into um, the festivities. Um, it starts out with um, with Ty Dillinger coming out to a huge pop. Everyone loves old Ty, and then uh, which is interesting that he they started have, have out uh, the first entrance of this first match with a big pop. And then to bring it way down because everybody hates 
sanity. Uh, <laughs> and um, so they get in the ring. Um, and my first question for both of you is, what do you think of the rechristening of the Beast of Belfast, Big Demo, as Killian Dane? Jeff? Well, well, for me, I think there's there's a logistical issue in there in that they've already been putting him over as Big Demo on television already. And then all of a sudden they make the name change. I, you know what? They've done a good job so far. I, I think, you know, look, I don't want anything like the uh, one-man gang turning into Akeem the African Dream in any way. But I don't mind the name. I just think it's a little bit clunky to all of a sudden, a couple weeks in, just decide, well, we're just going to change your name with absolutely no explanation, even though we've been saying it on TV. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Um, I actually kind of like the name in a vacuum. Like, I do too. As an idea, as a thought. But if you've already been calling him, oh my God, that's Big Demo. Uh, they should have called him Killian Dame and then said that Big Demo was short for Killian Dame. You know, I don't know. But Anna, are you, are you as down with uh, Killian Dame as I am? Look, I will be happy with anything that they do as long as they turn up the viciousness on this group. Like right now they're kind of a fun crazy, but I want to see, and I'm a vegetarian as I say this, I want to see like bats heads being bitten off and like chickens being slaughtered in the middle of the ring. Like that's to sell this group. You need to go that far. I'm not real, but you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, anyway. I so, hope. Yeah, me too. Um, uh, I, I do love, um, uh, I do love sanity. I think they have a lot of potential, uh, certainly more with Killian Dane than Sawyer Fulton, who uh, definitely, unfortunately, you know, you don't you ever like to see like a guy get taken out of a storyline because of a, an injury. I guess he hurt his biceps. Oh. Um, but, uh, but I do think Killian Dane, big demo is a big upgrade. Uh, anyway, the match, uh, I really like the match. Uh, I love all of Ty Dillinger's matches. Unfortunately, it ended like most of his matches do with <laughs> poor old Ty Dillinger, taking the pinfall, but this time it was because of that damned numbers game. Uh, I actually want to see a faction, a heel faction in NXT or somewhere else that refers themselves as DNG. And then when they ask, somebody asks, what does that stand for? It's like, the damned numbers game! Because that's <laughs> how heel factions work. They just take you over with a damn numbers game. Um, Jeff, what did you think yeah. of uh, old Ty going out like a, like a chump? You know, I here, here's my only issue because I don't mind I don't mind the time honored tradition in professional wrestling that when you wrestle your last match in a territory you end up losing and and you go on. My issue <laughs> is in this new paradigm of the WWE and how they're doing um, how they're doing business and they're pushing subscribers towards watching these types of um, events for new subscribers. Um, and, and subscribing for them. I don't think you should beat Ty Dillinger on Saturday and then debut him in the Rumble on Sunday because I think then people get a negative view of him and going, well, he's that geek that we saw get beat last night by Eric Young. He's not going to be any good here. I think, I think it's more of a negative than a positive in that way. Um, I'm fine with either way this match had gone because Eric Young's the guy you bring in to be the spokesperson and to get be the guy who can be beat in sanity. I, I would have had no issue if Eric Young had lost here. Um, I don't really have an issue with Ty Dillinger getting beat here either because I, I, I don't see the ceiling as high for him as, as some people do. I think he's a very good hand. I think he's done a lot of time. I think he deserves – he's probably going to have a, about a two-year run on the main roster, and he's probably going to get released after that. 
Yeah, uh, Anna, what do you think about Ty losing here? I disagree about, I mean, I understand where you're coming from with people who aren't as familiar with NXT tuning in and seeing this and seeing him lose. But that's kind of how it goes nowadays. I think my issue is more he is always losing, especially on these shows. And it does make him the perfect underdog and it does make him, I think he is like dictionary definition of perfect babyface. But it is at that point, like, where are you going to go with him now? Like, you have to debut him or what is, like, you turn him? No. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with a lot of what you're both, what the both are saying. Um, I think his ceiling isn't super high on the main roster, but he could have a really fun underdog one-month run with the Intercontinental title before a heel takes it from him. Make, you know, and, and it's that kind of a thing. You could do that. I think that's like the absolute ceiling, but he could be a fan favorite the whole way through. Um, with this, the one thing that I was thinking was it's high losing here. Maybe he doesn't move up uh, only because they have a ready-made champion, which we'll get to later for him to chase and mm. do a true underdog oh. story. If he can get one back, and beat Sanity, you know, at a, let's say they pump it up as like the rematch, you know, it's a cage match. It's just him and Eric Young in full sail. And he beats Eric Young. And then Rude says, big deal. I beat you twice. You know, and, and, and we have um, Dillinger try and do the thing where he maybe is the one to take the title off of Rude. I mean, there's a lot of things they could do here. Um, I honestly think the thing that's least likely is him debuting in the Rumble at number 10. Because I think you know they love after you're putting it I like think they that, love to fuck with us. So yeah. after you put it like that, I'm more than happy if that doesn't happen because I want to see that. Like that, my heart is racing. I want to see that. Yeah, you know I mean, what? They, th- that's actually would be a good story if they could build that. And I think that I think there were a lot of programs here tonight that suffered from a lack of a build of story, and that's a good story that they mm-hmm. could build right there. Um, my. Oh, what was I going to say here? I forgot what I was going to say. I was about to blank. I was about to make a very good point. I couldn't remember it about Ty Dillinger. Oh, I know what I was going to say. When you brought up the number ga- numbers game, they need more consistency in their officiating in terms of when they're throwing people out who are kind of interfering and when they're not, you know, for that cheer spot. Because these guys got in the very ring and they still weren't thrown out of – of during the match, I, I liken it to uh, to murder and attempted murder. It was okay. interference and attempted interference. They didn't actually get through with it. It was a self defense that was able to thwart the attempted interference. And I think that's there's a fine line between interference and, inter- and attempted interference. No, that's but, the least of my worries. I, I think though you have a very good idea though if they're going to end up and you know what they may end up bringing up Shinsuke tomorrow for God's sakes for all we know. So that's what I was thinking is that everyone everyone expects Ty Dillinger to debut at number ten, and when everyone expects something, they like to say, "Well, you know, we had that idea too, but then you had the idea, so we're not doing that anymore." Mm-hmm. Um, they like to do that with stuff like this. What I would love if he actually does debut in the Rumble is to debut at number 11. Like, to really play with your emotions. And You're the like worst. That, listen, they're not going to do it at number 10. I don't think they are. I, I think they're not doing it. So if they Can do they it just all, give us this one thing? Have Roman, fine. Oh, just give us this one thing. I want them to do it. 
I just don't think they're going to do it. <laughs> I don't. I don't, and I'll tell you why. Because that NXT crowd is 7,000 people. That Alamo Dome is five to six more times that. You're going to not get the pop that you think you're going to get, I don't think, by debuting him at number 10. It's too yeah. clever for the room, so to speak, I think. Yeah, I agree with you. My 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 hope is that, you know, uh, when instead of ta- counting down – 10, 9, 8, all the way to the, to, the, to the next entrant for number 10. The crowd just chants 10, 10, 10. 10. And then, you know, that would be great. But they're not going to do that, and they're not going to debut him then either. So um, my hope then is that they keep him here and build a really good feud leading up toward the Mania um, takeover uh, in Orlando, which is their <laughs> old stomping grounds, really. And, and maybe he could win it there, being he's like one of the longest tenured NXT guys ever. So. And the place to debut, and you know who should come in at number ten in the rumble? Then if they're not getting the, who's that? Because that's a guy everybody will want to boo when they're disappointed that Ty Dillinger didn't come out. I, I didn't hear what you said. You cut out for a second. Yeah, you cut out. Oh, uh, the Miz should be number oh, ten. <laughs> what great heat! He should even come in to like they should start Ty Dillinger's music, and then it should cut out and go awesome. Nice. <laughs> Just go crazy. They nice. throw the crap out of them. Um, anyway, okay, so so moving on to the next one, um, we got Andre Sinian Almas against Roderick Strong in a match between two really good hands with zero buildup. Um, mm-hmm. This match was really, really good, but I wasn't surprised because these guys can wrestle. I just don't, like, it, Andrade Cien Almas, I guess, cut a promo where he said, like, Roderick Strong, I don't like you. And Roderick Strong cut a promo next week saying, I don't care if you don't like me. And now they're fighting, which is, you know, a good reason as, as ever, I guess. Um, what did you think of the match, Anna? And what do you think of the uh, zero build? Yeah, I was thinking it was NXT this past week where they had the backstage thing and then Almas, I think, ran down Strong. Back, and then I was like, wait, what did I miss a whole bunch of episodes or something? This, so it was I mean, that in combination with I'm not as familiar with Rude, but by the end of that, I'm so on board. Um, that it was a great match considering the lack of build up. I think with Andrade, thank God for the gimmick change. And if they keep pushing in this direction, you can have probably not a top heel, but close to it. Um, and there are a few spots. Someone posted a GIF, 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 GIF of the slap, and I didn't even have to hear it. Like, that was enough. It, yeah, it was a good match. Jeff? Oh, this was probably my favorite match of the night from front to back. Uh, I agree with you about the build, but what the build did was that audience was very quiet for this match, and I think it was because there was no build to it. Um, but as a as a wrestling match and watching these two work, I absolutely loved this. I was more shocked that Roddy Strong over uh, CN Almas because I think it was time to start rebuilding um, almost to be something rather than I, – I, look, I like Roddy. Um, I think Roddy personally belongs on 205 Live, to be honest with you, <laughs> rather than NXT, but that will come, I think, eventually. Uh, but I think, look, you, you have La Sombra in, in your wheelhouse here. He's a major star. He can be a major star. Let's, he's finally finding some sort of heelish 
tendency for a character. Let's start building him as a star here. I, they need to go full Los Ingobernables with him now because I, I don't see – I just don't see what they do with him after this, to be honest with you. I, I think maybe they've given up on him. I hope not, but – you know, but but overall, the match I thought was fantastic. I, at first, I thought they were giving almost a squash match because they weren't giving Roddy any offense, and then all of a sudden, it was just Roddy's turn. And he just put a bunch together and won the match. So, um, but overall, I really liked this match a lot. Yeah, the thing with with Roddy Strong is it was uh, his his time in in NXT has been a little weird. Like he showed up as Austin Aries' buddy, his mystery partner for the Dusty Rhodes Classic. Uh, and then uh, Arius took a, a kick to the face, and his eye became this big. And um, and then uh, Roddy kind of like got repackaged immediately into a baby face with no character. Like he never like didn't really do anything, or he wasn't you know in, in no way was was he like did he change? Like I've been behaving this way, but I've thought differently, and I'm going to do this. That didn't happen. Um, I do remember how this whole thing started though in that weird um, fatal four-way where Rude became yeah. number one contender, Strong eliminated Almas. Mm-hmm. Because they were, you know, four guys in a match together. One's got to eliminate the other guy. Strong eliminated Almas. Almas took exception to that. Like, I think six weeks later in TV time, um, they, uh, he cut that little um, uh, promo, which then uh, Strong uh, re- answered. But um, what do you think about Strong as a babyface? Like, if can they give him enough character for if Ty doesn't do it, can he be the guy that goes after Rude? Like, what 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 are they going to do with this guy? I, th- I think he. To... Can... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Anna. Sorry, Ooh, sorry. <laughs> I should have said they need to. Um, that's exactly it. This just kind of what have I learned about him from that match or from the past few weeks on NXT? Okay, he believes in himself. Cool. Um. And he's great in ring, but there is nothing really else to go on. And I don't think I can answer that question until I actually see what they're going to give him or who the hell this guy is. Yeah, It'll, it'll be interesting for me to see him as fiery baby face because everything I know about him has always been cocky heel Roddy Strong. Um, for the most part. So I think playing against type, I think he could do it. Uh, I, I caution against having two underdogs in, in a promotion at the same time and building them that way. He might just punch above his weight. You know, we could always do that as a storyline as opposed to, because every time they get an underdog story, they find the need to beat him so that we don't believe he can actually win. And, and I don't think that's necessary right now. I, I think he's, I think he'll be great. And I think he's probably going to get moved up the ladder here. A bit, but uh, yeah. Uh, as rude, I don't think he's ready for rude yet. I think he needs yet, and I think he needs one step below rude, and then eventually get there. Yeah, uh, especially if they're going to start moving guys up, like if mm-hmm. Shinsuke goes up, uh, Samoa Joe. We, I think we all think is going up tomorrow. Uh, I think Joe's going if up. Ty yeah. goes up, all that kind of stuff. You got to have guys who step in. Um, my my thought originally was Cassius Ono versus Shinsuke, but I don't know if Cassius Ono versus Rude. If you're going to make Chris Hero, the hero of the people. Uh, that might be interesting, but I, I, that's not what I would have expected. Um, you just so- said, um, sorry, you just said punching above his weight, and that gave me an idea for a gimmick. Um, he could just like try and hit on Even Ray the whole time. That's something, right? <laughs> I'm trying. 
I like it. I like. I think he should go after. I think he should be the playboy of. He should like wear a smoking jacket and just try and be like use like Hefner it up like a little pencil mustache something. Give me any downgrade if you have You know, Eva would have to convince Roddy that she has red hair because. <laughs> never mind, because that's what he's looking up. He probably couldn't see through the. Never mind. Let's, let's go. On. Sorry, what was that? What, uh, nothing. See through what? Uh, nothing. <laughs> oh, okay. Nothing. Um. So, uh, our our marriage is based on bad jokes. On I'm sorry. It's, it's... <laughs> well, a lot of marriages are based on bad jokes. My my marriage is based on bad jokes. <laughs> so, so um. So then uh, we got our first championship match of, um, of the night. Verse, uh, you have DIY, their little uh, acronym, versus what I like to call the Peeps. Uh, that is uh, Paul Ellering's Ethnic Pseudo Shield. Uh, and they came out wearing their weird, like, black skull masks and then Day of Lady Dead Gaga. veils. Yeah, it was uh, interesting. Um, but the match turned out to be way better than I thought it was going to be, uh, because, uh, Gargano and Ciampa can get great matches out of now officially everybody. Uh, Jeff, what did you think about this thing? I think this is definitely the authors of pain best match that I've oh. seen them do. I, I like to call them head hunters light, uh, <laughs> a bit, but, um, I, I think they did a very good job with what they did. I, I think, Maybe they they were relying on a little bit too much on Gargano for the babyface fire to help fuel this match. But overall, I liked the match a lot. Uh, my broadcast partner, who will be here tomorrow for the Survivor Series, Rob, was the first one to give me that kind of inkling that maybe maybe it's time to put the Authors of Pain on there, uh, the belts on them, because I thought there was no way. I thought it was too soon to do it. But now that TM61 is out there might be a bit of a revival face run here to go up against the authors of pain. Um, I, you know, I just don't, do they do the breakup now of Gargano and Ciampa possibly, or do they keep them as, as DIY? That That's my main question coming out of this, but the match itself, I thought was pretty darn fantastic. I thought, you know, yeah, you're right. DIY can do a match with anybody at this point. But I think the Authors of Pain really did a good job here. And you know that the company likes them because they're big and they want to see what they can do, especially, you know, on top now. Um, I thought that 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 double pin breakup spot where he, where he gets out of the arm bar and slams him onto Ciampa was awesome. I, I liked that a lot. Anna, your thoughts? Do you think um, Gargano and Ciampa lost because when – Tomasa was standing next to Paul Ellering. He thought he was looking into his future. <laughs> uh, That's just where been, I thought that was. may have been shook. Uh, I would yeah. say, uh, yeah, it's, no, definitely. It's, <laughs> and so when, he wa- so when he watches World Championship Wrestling on the network, that's past him also. It's like, oh, yeah. my God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Gargano, like the Tommaso Ciampa and Paul Ellering in the same arena might be a time paradox. I'm not sure. Because if, if you meet each other yourself yeah. in a, a different alternate timeline, everything can skew into this tangent. And now that's why we're living in alternate 2017, and, guys. And, and, I just and figured that it out. It's the darkest timeline. It's the it darkest timeline. It's time. the darkest timeline. And that oh, was the God, moment. When... It's all Paul Ellering's fault. <laughs> I can't believe it. And uh, that was the moment when NXT became Lucha Underground. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's, that's <laughs> certainly possible. Um, anyway, um, I really, really, really love this match. Um, one of the things that I hate about the cruiserweight division on the main roster is you will never see someone the size of Tommaso Ciampa go up against somebody the size of Occam or Rezar. Right. So you'll never get a chance to see him German suplex a dude that size out of his shoes. Like, that is really impressive, and we'll never get to see that again because anybody who's under 205 on the, on the main roster, they're, they're not even allowed to touch anybody who's much bigger than them. They never even interact with each other backstage. Like, there was one of the things I love about Neville comes out and say, like, I used to beat guys who were 300 pounds. So you little dudes are nothing to me. Like, that's, that's a cool idea. But also, I would love to see Jack Gallagher go up against Jack Gallagher. Excuse me. Sean Rossep would never let me do that. Jack Gallagher go up against a much bigger guy. And Ciampa proved that he can hang with anybody who's 280, 300 pounds. Uh, the, the, the double team stuff, like you were saying, the double submission move to being too strong. Um, the Ciampa's false finish after that yep. double team neck, neck breaker sits, uh, sitting uh, powerbomb thing, which just looked totally vicious. Um, and the counter to DIY's running knees finish turning into the double powerbomb. Uh, all of that stuff was set up so well. Um, really, I mean, the fact that Authors of Pain, they're like 24 years old. They're babies. Like, mm-hmm. they can get a lot better Like before yeah, 23, 24, yeah, 23, 40, 24 years old. Um, before they get to the main roster, they have a chance to really improve. Um, and uh, my, my hope is that um, eventually we get to see a program between the, these guys, the heel version of this, and the absolute white meat baby face version of two hosses, which is um, Tucker Knight and Otis Dozovich, who go by the, <laughs> the name of Heavy Machinery. Those guys apparently have been working great matches on the, uh, the house show scene in Florida. I just love the idea of just two big guys doing it just because they love wrestling against these two guys who are just ethnic and they wear black and we're not sure what they're yelling so they're scary like i love that that could be a cool little feud they would go together yeah i like a good hoss match i like just four big guys just beating on each other and being physical and hopefully doing moonsaults that's what i like (laughs) i would pay good money to see otis dozovich attempt a moonsault in like a trampoline park (laughs) that would be fun uh anna you were saying I do hope, yeah, I do hope we get a slight run before Revival move up to main roster and take all the tagging belts um, between them, mainly also because the fact that they broke out of the submission that Revival tapped to in Toronto, I get it, they're much bigger, they're much stronger, but it pissed me off. Mm-hmm. The Revival, are, they're incredible. And I'm not going to turn this into a revival gush, but no. if they can at least have a little program with them to even it out a bit or something, I'd be happy. I, I do wonder whether or not uh, Revival versus TM61 was slated to have that um, Andrade Almas, uh, Roddy Strong slot in this, uh, in this show before Thorne got injured. Yeah. Because, I think they did. You know, because they keeping the revival off of the show intentionally just doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, right. they're, really, they're very over with the crowd, <laughs> uh, even though they're – it's because they're such great heels. Um, yeah, 
from what I understand, there's no plans to move them up imminently, which doesn't make any sense to me. But I do love the idea of like the 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 heels who are great talkers against the two monsters who just shout things in Albanian. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I well, love that as a thing that you can do where you can make people root for the revival simply because it's no fun to root for the authors of pain. Yeah, you know? and the other thing, well, and, yeah, and the other thing that'll be fun is, is watching the two guys who work a body part going up against the two really big guys. I think that'll be cool. It's kind of like that comic book corollary when you get the B villains, the kind of the geek villains. And then you get the real evil force that comes in and you go, hey, we'll join the heroes on this one. I kind of I kind of always dig those types of programs of bad versus evil. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can I do, do that like so that. well. Um, so <clears throat> now we come to the shocker of the night. Uh, this match, not match, segment that Anna Bauer has proposed to and we're waiting to hear back from the segment. But I have a feeling... The segment is going to say yes. So uh, why don't you take it from here, uh, Anna, in, in your thoughts. Give us a little running diary of what was going on in your brain when this thing happened. Well, sitting at my computer, nothing out of the ordinary in between matches. Next thing is, hear this voice on the TV. Sounds familiar. Not too sure. Holy fuck! What the hell? What the hell? Um, and then he called that Triple H. Um, and the voice, the voice, incredible. we should say, we should say the voice belonged to one Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. Yeah. Um, Seth Ree Rollins. Who's not in NXT. This is a major crossover from the no. main roster back down. Very interesting. No. We are looking at a very possible, definitely happening um, WrestleMania matchup with him and Triple H. Triple H came out and then sent out his cronies, and then Seth went Rambo on them and killed a bunch of guys. And I fell in love. Um, I think that's what love is. No offense, Jeff. I mean, if, if that's your competition, Jeff, I'm sorry. I don't think you're walking out of here with the girl. I, well, all I know is that she kn- she's now wearing a first-time mom shirt, which is very weird because that's how much she loved it. So she had a she had his baby. Um, wait, wait, it was, it was magic. I'm wearing my first-time dad shirt because my daughter was born on Thursday, and I'm working on about ten hours of sleep in the past sixty. So, but I'm here, your boy is here for you people. Okay, now moving back onto this uh, Triple H and Seth Rollins segment. Uh, I, I liked it a lot. You know, Seth Rollins got the uh, main event babyface one swear word uh, to use to, to make him seem cool. I liked that. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I wish it had been a little bit more than just beating up security geeks, I, I think. I think really that that might be the one thing that was kind of a bit of a disappointment. Not that I wanted Hunter and, and him to have a knockdown drag out, but it's but something a little bit more than the usual that you see on a on your standard raw when a main event babyface does something like this. I, I, I have wish... no problem with it because I think tomorrow we're going to get the payoff. Right. Um, what I kind what I kind of wish is that the payoff had been alluded to on Mike in this segment, mm. and Triple H said tomorrow, and that's all. That's all it is. That's all we get. The crowd would have gone mental mental it to know that like oh my god we're gonna get something between these two like physically in like in and he would not even bring out security just have him come yeah. out in his suit just say that one word 
<laughs> mental. Tomorrow. And then pfft, he, he leaves. And Seth's like, okay, fine. I'll see you tomorrow. And everyone would go nuts. Um, but I, yeah, loved this, I loved this crossover. I love this. Is the, the, like We've all been saying, hey, um, Seth, you should probably just show up at an NXT taping because that's where Triple H is all the time, especially if somebody <laughs> becomes new champs. I mean, I'm sure he posed with Authors of Pain. You could have just hung out with a photographer and waited for him to show up. Yeah, that that would have been something else also in that in that Seth is stopping this NXT show. Perhaps someone from NXT should come out there and a heel possibly and just attack Seth for holding up their brand because he's a glory <laughs> hound from the main roster. Yeah, it would have been interesting if they had if they had built any kind of a monster ish heel that he could have dispatched. Joe? With. Joe? Yeah. Did Joe have come on her? Because the whole thing is, I don't want to see Joe end up on the on the losing end of a brawl with with Seth Rollins, and Seth Rollins has to win that. He has to okay. win that confrontation, yeah. uh, unless it's with you know fifteen performance center kids. Uh, then it's just that damned numbers game again. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I sent out the revival. Um, I guess the the yeah the, uh, well that's the thing I wouldn't want that because you know the revival are gonna each take a pedigree. You know, and we don't, you and I don't want that, Anna. We want those boys protected. Um, Revival are my favorite tag team. What are you talking about that you two would be the only <laughs> Well, no, we, we've exchanged things back and forth. We're, we're, we're both, uh, I did not realize that you had such an affinity. We all three then would have been very, very upset. Um, Scott Dawson retweets my tweets. What are you talking there about? There you go. See, <laughs> you've got an in. See, uh, Anna, Aunt Jeff knows Scott Dawson peripherally. Yeah, so there you come go. back to Jeff. Come back to Hawkins. <laughs> this go. is not how you win over a wife by leveraging someone else. Look, you, you, look I, know, I, I know how to get a wife. You buy them. That's what you do. Oh, wait, <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's sometimes how it works. Um, so, so, uh, wow, so much information just exchanged. I know. It's, it's very weird. Continue. Uh, moving on to the women's fatal four-way um which which had a lot of potential to be all kinds of amazing because you had uh this unbeatable champion in a match where she doesn't have to get pinned to lose um versus uh two best friends who are going to work together who have a style all their own and versus like the tasmanian devil um, so that's a lot of fun and a lot of different things can happen and a lot of different things did happen. Um, but, uh, the thing that I want to say before we get started and talking about the whole match is, uh, the one piece swimwear attire that Billy and Peyton were rocking made me feel like they were going to an aquatic aerobics class or something <laughs> at the Y. Uh, it was a maybe I liked Peyton's little cutout so you can see your belly button for some reason. Uh, but the match, I really enjoyed Nikki, uh, Nikki Cross has so much potential and I want to see a one-on-one match with her and Asuka so bad. Uh, I want to see a triple threat between her and Asuka and Ember Moon so bad. I like Billy and Peyton, but I don't want them anywhere near this, this, this level of the women's division. Uh, Anna, your thoughts about your Australian compatriots? Uh, they have definitely grown on me over the past few months. There was, yeah, there was one point where I looked at my screen and saw both the Australians and Oscar in the ring and thought, oh, shit, we've gone back to the 80s. That's awesome. It's just so colourful. Um, I, this is the one match on the card that 
I really did not want the belt to change hands. Mainly because I think they can get so much out of Nikki Cross Oscar matches. With this as well, I'm wondering why they put in, in the Australians and there could, I don't know, possibly be a team up of Oscar and Nikki Cross against them for a while. That would be really awesome. Um, but still, like, there were so many awesome things in this, like the shield table thing and um, the double German suplex. But Run in. still part... Do not interrupt, hey, Sean. Run in! What's yeah. up, you guys? I'm taking this over. Well, uh, here he is, everybody. Sean Ross Sapp. Can you all see me? I hope not. We can't see you. No. Good, I look miserable. <laughs> what did you all think of the show? Wait, don't answer that. I was there. It was a great show. Oh, you're the worst. It was a great show. Anna will be jealous. I saw Bobby Roode's ass in person. Oh, man. It was bedazzled. It was glorious. It was everything you could have imagined it was. Uh, I thought the women's match over-delivered. I thought Authors of Pain over-delivered. I thought Roger Strong and Andrade Almas gave some nice promise to uh, NXT. And... Uh, Congratulations to Alex, by the way. This is the first time I've spoken to him via audio since the birth of his child. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, your, your congratulations are much appreciated. What kind of shitty canned response is that? Did you write that beforehand? I did, I did not, no. Uh, I, I, wrote, I wrote it for him. <laughs> that makes I'm, a lot of sense. I'm running, I'm running on very little sleep, so I have uh, not a lot of impromptu <laughs> speech-making skills at this point. That part of my brain shut off a while ago. Okay, I turned on my video. I couldn't Ooh. I couldn't keep the fans from it. So I, I want to know just in like maybe 10 words or less individually what you guys thought of the show before I, before I head off. Alex. Uh, oh, yeah, I think what you said was very true. It over-delivered. This was the first show that I looked at the card and said, how are they going to make this work? And they did. They more than made it work. Uh, and I really, really enjoyed it and was not expecting to love it as much as I did. Anna? Every takeover solidifies why NXT is my favorite brand, and this just kept that going. I'm in love. Someone love. Je- Jeffrey? Uh, also thought it over-delivered and not anything outstanding, but, uh, but, everything, uh, but everything was very, very good. I also went to Evolve today. Boy, that was something. I heard. Man, uh, Matt least, Riddle. At least, with that. at least Chris Hero didn't fall out of the ring this time. Yeah, that, that was cool. Uh, he did pedigree Zack Sabre, which got about a one count. <laughs> that was a fun little jab at the WWE, I thought. Uh, Matt Riddle hit a fisherman's buster through about, I think, eight chairs that were stacked up. Hmm. We had wow. uh, a guy who jumped off a 15-foot pole. Onto a bunch of people. It was great. Matt Riddle was seen in a Fightful.com shirt on Flow Slam, <laughs> which you guys can get at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sean Rothsap. But, uh, yeah, when I'm back, I'll have plenty to talk about. Hopefully I can join tomorrow night. I don't know how likely it is that I'll be back in the hotel room within an hour of the Royal Rumble. But, uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it. And 
maybe I'll do a show next week since we're not doing a post UFC Denver show. I'll do something, or maybe I'll answer. I don't know. I'll do something. I'll do something. But Alex is off rocking babies to sleep. Yep. And I'm flying on planes that never land where they're supposed to land. <laughs> yeah. How was Birmingham, by the way? Yeah. You want to know why I was in Birmingham? Why you want is to know that? the story about why Please. I was in Birmingham? Regale us. They delay us. They put us on a plane for an hour, and they go, shitter's broke. Can't take you to Houston. <laughs> now, that is not the exact terminology in which they use <laughs> but the I wish was. The commode was broken, and the, apparently FAA rules, I, I suppose, uh, prohibit you from flying a certain amount of time where the shitter is broke. So they flew us to Birmingham, which is only an hour and a half away from Lexington via flight, boarded us on a new plane, then sent us to Houston, and I missed my flight. And luckily, United got me on a new, new flight, and I got here last night. Not in time to see the ring break 74 times that evolved, but. Hey, yeah. I got a quick question about the show, uh, Sean. Was the, was the audience as quiet during that Cian Almas Roddy Strong match as it came off on TV? At the beginning, yeah. Okay. At, at the beginning it was, and at part and during parts of Rude and Nakamura they were, because I think maybe they had been seeing such ridiculous shit happening throughout the night. I mean, Anybody who says that they expected that out of Peyton Royce and Billy Kay are probably lying. Um, no. So it was kind of – and the Seth Rollins thing, that was nuts. There were many pants dampened over that segment. <laughs> like that was – that was uh, yeah, that was very good. It was a – I did not regret going it, to it made, it made It made Anna Bauert pregnant, that it segment. It made Anna Bauert pregnant? It did. Yeah. Hey, it's a no fact. Part. Hey, does that get you in America? Does that count? <laughs> hey! Oh, baby. hey. <laughs> it's possible. I mean, it was, it, was, it was a segment that originated in America, an American segment. So Wait a second, Alex. Yeah. yeah. There you go. What did, Alex, when did you do the prison break? When did you get out? Oh, this is just my living room. <laughs> I didn't feel like going down to the basement. Tonight. No, I see what's and my, up. My you wife had is... a kid, and now you put family photos and all these little family sayings behind you. That's right. I've gone soft. <laughs> you... Could you imagine? <laughs> guys, I uh, hope you'll have a good rest of the show. All right. Thanks. See you, Sean. Catch you, guys. See ya. Okay, so back before we were so rudely interrupted. All right, uh, we never need him on our show again. <laughs> oh my God, you know. God that guy's gone. What anyway, an anchor. Uh, <laughs> there were there were a couple things I wanted to point out about this uh, this fatal four way. Uh, one, uh, I really did enjoy the um, the idea of Nikki just laying waste to Oscar with uh, some uh, some neck breakers that just looked awful. Just really, really, really stiff and disgusting like that's good good wrestling oscar sold the hell out of it she's lying she's she's as worked over as i've ever seen her by a girl who's basically half her size uh Mm -hmm. nikki looks great in this thing then she said you know what i'm not satisfied with that i'm gonna take on both of you tall bitches at once uh (laughs) and and she she beat him up the ramp and she was taking him out one at a time she's gonna jump off the uh the uh um announce table onto one of them 
And then they, they double team her and they do the vertical suplex through a second table that has no reason for being there except for that spot. It was the Spanish announce table table that wasn't really a Spanish announce table. And it sounded like it was made out of cardboard when she hit it. It, it went like, <laughs> like, that was very, very cute. Uh, I liked it. I liked all that. Then there was a point where Billy and Peyton got back in the ring and they pulled Asuka in and Peyton covered Asuka and Billy put like put pressure on the back of Peyton to get the pin. If all it was was Billy or Peyton trying to win, why didn't after they got rid of Nikki just go into the ring together, Billy lay down and Peyton pin her? If that was the whole point and either of them could pin each other to become champion, and all they want is for one of them to become champion, that that break in logic nearly ruined the match for me. Until maybe Oscar made a, a comeback and then, you know, one won the way she did. Alex, I thought the same thing. I, I really did at first, but then someone on Twitter explained to me and gave a really good logical explanation that either one, they're dumb and they didn't think of it. Which which might be a good one, but which the other one was. Well, well, hold on. Was. Well, let me give you the second one because it makes much more sense. It would put a schism in their friendship if one of them pinned the other, where they couldn't necessarily both be champion because they'd always have that pinfall looming over them, sure. so to speak. I mean, look, I get it. It's it's such a contrived thing, though. At times, that at one point, the friends will. T- turn on each other right. in the midst of a match. I'm kind of glad, even though they, in your scenario they're working together, that they didn't go to that. There was right. something nice about that. There was something nice and straight ahead and refreshing about that. Um, and now for my thoughts on the four-way, because I'm just running in here because both of y'all have gone. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, I, I am also of the opinion that Peyton and Billy were the weak links in this match going in, and they over-delivered. I thought they were really, really great in carrying the story of this match. That said... Give me Nikki and Asuka, best of 23, right now, uh, you know, with various, various stipulations attached, like barbed wire and exploding bombs and, and whatever, because I loved these two interaction. I want that more than Ember Moon. I, I, I want those two WrestleMania weekend to, to just stiff each other for about 20 minutes. That, that, that German suplex spot, with Oscar and Nikki, oh man, that that is that is what I want in my wrestling. I want some I want some violence, and, and I want and I want Oscar doing it. That that's 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 you know that's why. I want. And look, I love the table spot. I love the jumping bomb Australians. Something fierce. They're 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 part of my. They're one of my favorite acts. They were great on the pre-show all night, accepting awards for people that weren't there just so that they could take the awards because there was a mistake in the voting. I think they're very, very good <laughs> heels. I just want the, I want the talent to continue to in both. They both have something. They're just not quite ready for prime time, but they're very, very close. I mean, they're, they're much better than, say, Liv Morgan. Oh, my God, yes. Uh, who's, <laughs> or Aaliyah or whatever, but right. – they're both very, very good heels, and I love, I love their kick spots, especially on the uh, on the on the promo video. I think they they both have a certain type of viciousness in their mean game, in their mean girls uh, gimmick that helps the gimmick a lot. That makes it better than say when Summer Rae was doing the same thing, right? And that's uh, exactly why they couldn't do the double. Well, one of them taking the pin thing. Because it is, it's too soon for them to be split up like that. Well, that's the whole mm-hmm. thing. Is I, I didn't, I don't, I mean, if, 
I honestly thought they were going to do a thing where Billy turned on Peyton. I'm glad they didn't do that. I thought if Billy's, if Billy's fine with Peyton becoming champ, then just let her pin you, and then you can celebrate together. Like, it's, I mean, whatever. Um, the, then you have, like, a Regina Gretchen kind of thing going, and it's, 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 it's not what possible. it is. You could, you could do that if you wanted to do that. Mean um, girls, Jeff. The, yes. Oh, okay, thank you. Yeah, you were trying, yeah, yeah. Stop trying to get make fetch happen. It's never going to happen. I'm, uh, I'm old. I was trying to remember the reference, man. Uh, so here's, here's, my, here's what I, I am thinking. If you ever plan to bring Asuka up, she has to lose the title. Like, you're fully brought up to the main roster. This was a match in which she did not have to be pinned to lose the title. Right. This was a perfect opportunity to get the belt off her while keeping her undefeated, which I think would be a cool thing that she could go up to the main roster having never lost in NXT. I will, you know, like that would be a cool thing that they could do. Um, but uh, again, I'm, I'm love the idea of Nikki and, um, and Oscar having matches or, or uh, I'm still waiting for my Ember Moon versus Oscar match somewhere down the line. Um, or Ember Moon versus Nikki. Let's have that as a number one contenders match. But but if you're ever going to um, if you're going to have Oscar lose the belt, it might be interesting to have her not get pinned to have to lose it. Um, I agree. That's that was just my only thought there. Um, yeah. Now we get to the match of the dueling entrances. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, let's. This is a good point. This is a good time to bring up uh, something that happened on the pre-show where Corey Graves said this is his last time calling a match in NXT, and uh, Nigel McGuinness from the UK tournament is taking over for him. Uh, I am going to miss Corey Graves in NXT so much. He was a major, like, at least 15 to 20% of what I love about NXT is Corey Graves telling Tom Phillips to shut up. Um, (laughs) it's, It's so good. It's so perfectly timed. Uh, there was, a, but now he's got this cool interplay he does with Percy Watson, where Watson says, "Why does Bobby have to come to the ring with eight women?" And, and Graves comes perfectly with, uh, "If you ever been around eight women, you'd know why, Percy." Like he's <laughs> very, very good at what he does, and I'm going to miss the hell out of uh, Corey Graves. Jeff Hawkins, what will you miss most about the Corey Graves era? Yeah, no, I think I think Corey has a very, and especially with Tom Phillips. I'm not sure if he did with say rich brennan or not but i I think their interplay i'm not a big tom phillips fan at all but i think Corey is a perfect foil for him i only wish he could take percy watson with him as his last nxt broadcast because i can't stand him uh but i think nigel mcginnis will be very very good as well anna i just started re-watching the earliest nxts that they have on the network and it is just he adds something, yeah, exponential to it that I'm going to miss him so much. I mean, yeah, it's not like he's leaving, color, but. Yeah, no, the only the only other color guy that's been any good on NXT was when William Regal was doing it. Yep. Because yeah. they had they had Matt Bloom, who wasn't very good at it. They had, I mean, Renee Young did it for a while. She wasn't very good at it. Corey Graves added the spark that was needed there. Yeah, Corey Graves is so good. He plays both face and heel as the commentator uh, on episodes of Raw because on 205 Live, he's the babyface color guy and Austin Aries is the heel. So when they, when they bring Aries on for those two Cruiserweight matches at night on Raw, 
then he switches over and goes from being the heel for every other match on Raw to being the babyface color commentator for uh, for 205 Live for the Cruiserweight matches, and he does it like that. He's incredibly talented, uh, and he's still and, really young, and he's got a long way to go. He could be – I'll be here forever. And, and I think there's, there's credit that has to go to two guys here as well. Number one, Michael Cole for helping him along because he produces the, the announcers there on there and probably an underrated one just because, I mean, he wasn't the best color guy in the world, but he was the guy that they first had to work off of. And that's Alex Riley mm-hmm. who was yeah. down there at NXT doing color at the same time that as, as Corey Graves and, you know, was a stalwart there in the announce booth when Corey Graves was starting. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's get to, uh, the entrance of Rude with the aforementioned models who I'm sure had no idea what the hell they were getting into when they, when they answered that, uh, that call from their agent, uh, which was great. Uh, him and his bedazzled uh, ring robe, great. But nothing that can hold a candle to uh, Shinsuke uh, Nakamura coming out on a WrestleMania three uh, cart going down the ring with strobe lights pointed at him and giving everyone epileptic fits. Uh, <laughs> this, this is great. They keep topping themselves. I mean, you can have as many violin players as you want, but if you were, make me think both of Andre the Giant on a cart going through the Silverdome and that awesome episode of The Simpsons where they go to Japan and they watch anime and they all go <laughs> yeah, yeah, on the floor. Uh, yeah, uh, I loved it. Uh, uh, and the match, the match delivered as well. Uh, Jeff, what were your thoughts on the entrances and the match that followed? The the Bobby Roode entrance was straight out of Ric Flair, nineteen eighty nine, when he was doing the Steamboat matches, and he'd come down with the seven women, and and yep. and then Ricky Steamboat would come down with his wife and kid. Yep. I I I, lo- I liked that a lot. Uh, the match itself, um, in the preview I did over at uh, over at Voices. I said about Bobby Roode that he's the guy you look at, and he if, if he were a singer, he's the guy who's technically good. He hits the right notes at the same time, but he's missing something. It's almost like he's kind of missing soul when he sings. It's kind of like watching a theme park show where they do all the hits, but it's not really all that emotional or whatnot. And I said what was missing in him was a certain kind of viciousness that main event heels and main event players have always had in professional wrestling because my go-to is always Jim Crockett promotions, NWA late eighties, early nineties, like flair and the Andersons. And that's why I love the revival so much. This match was vicious, Bobby Roode. And, and Anna and I both agreed on that. I, I think I, we both love this new kind of more vicious Bobby Roode. The match itself was very, very good. I thought, um, up until the the medical part, I don't like this. I thought it killed the momentum of the match in a way. It told a story, yes, but they've been doing this way too much for my taste. Let him persevere through the injury and possibly fail. That's a better story than having the referee and the medical guy come in and check on him to make sure he can still continue to go. Back in the day, getting hurt in wrestling was part of the storyline. There was a chance if you got in that ring, you got hurt. This is a little bit too sports entertainment for me. 
but I really, really liked this match a lot. I liked the ending, and I'm interested to see what Bobby Roode can do as a champion. Anna? I agree, but I do like what it did for Bobby Roode by having that medical part because that just ramped everything up. Like getting Shinsuke into the crab lock and then punching his knee was just another oh, that level was great. for me. That was awesome. That was great. I think they needed that to be able to sell that. But for, for Bobby's entrance, I legitimately had trouble breathing. I was laughing so hard. He tonight just ramped it up that one notch higher and I... I'm in a very loving mood tonight. I love him. I love Shinsuke. This match was glorious. It was awesome. Um, I do agree. I think the medical stuff slowed it up. They could have cut that down, not made as big a deal about it. Um, It was just vicious. It was amazing. Yeah, uh, I agree. Vicious Rude is is my my jam. I I, I like what he does. Uh, When you were saying... Uh, that it reminded you, the entrance reminded you of Flair. Uh, his style reminds me of Flair because Flair wasn't spectacular in the ring. He was technically proficient and really, 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 really great. But he didn't do like fancy moves and stuff. No, no, no. All he did, if you watch those Steamboat Flair matches, they're nothing but chops and just beating on a guy yeah. for about yeah. 20 minutes until until the other guy would beat on him for a while. Yeah, he's a, he's a showman and that's that is what Rude can be. Uh, but he's he does. I love Rude's spinebuster. All this stuff. The thing that I loved that was so so great. It was even too great. Uh, the he got set up for the Kinshasa, and as we all know, what happens is you've been hit by the reverse exploder, and then you stagger to your feet, and then you get a running knee to the temple, and Rude just refused to get up. That was just, great. He just said, I'm not getting up. And if, you, if I don't get up, you can't do anything to me. So you have to come over. I'm going to play possum. And then I'm going to, you know, I don't know, really thumb to the eye or whatever. Like, that's, it, it's so smart. It makes all other wrestlers look brain dead. Why don't you, like, so many, so many moves require you to stagger to your feet. Just don't do that. Take the pass. You know what? And stay on the ground. That was right out of the Ric Flair, dirtiest player in the game playbook, too. Yeah. Yeah. So to speak, all he needed was a flair flop. He would have been doing a total Ric Flair <laughs> tribute act in this. Uh, then I love that he he put his feet on the ropes and the ref was made to look smart and actually saw it. I think uh, Danilo, I think is his name, Amphibio yeah. and in, in NXT, he might be the most protected ref in all of the company. Like he doesn't stand for that crap. Like the, the, none of that stuff ever gets by him. He's smart. I think that guy needs a promotion. Um this, yeah, the knee selling. The knee selling was was interesting. Uh, a lot of it is, you know, because that that the in the the spot where he injured it was believable. Um, but again, all of his all of his stuff that he attacks with is knee based. So it was nice to see him hit the Kinshasa and not being able to continue because he aggravated his knee. Um, then the other thing that I didn't like was that um, that the finish of the match had nothing to do with the knee. It was just a DDT right. twice. Um, I, I would have loved if he if he had forced Shinsuke to tap out to, to the half crab because it's such a it's such a just a like have a, have him have him hit the DDT and the guy t- kick out then put the half crab on him and beat on the knee until he can't take it anymore that's a that is such a, an, an elementary move that Rude could have won with but it's the way, it's smart way to go like that guy's knee is hurt just tear it out of its socket until he can't go anymore 
Yeah, two th- two things. The, the the one thing uh when after the after the playing possum spot when Shinsuke got up and started getting offense on him that was really really vicious. I was looking and going that's the kind of stuff I want to see Rude do too. You know, just just kind of j- kick a guy in the face occasionally just to, just because he can cuz he's a jerk. Um the other thing was when Matt Bloom came out I half expected it to not be a submission finish, but for Bloom to call for the bell because oh. Shinsuke was just in too much pain and he refused to tap out. Mm-hmm. Either that or I was, I was hoping it wouldn't be a screw job finish. That's the one thing I was worried about when I saw Matt Bloom out there was, oh no, we're getting another one where the company is picking champions and things of that nature. I'm glad they withheld that. But I was almost certain after that didn't come to fruition when they could, I thought that they were going to do the thing where Shinsuke just was so brave he didn't tap out, so the company just looked out for his better interest. I, I liked, I like your idea of it not being the DDT. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things of I really love the way he does that implant DDT, and I love the way that Shinsuke took it both times, but it has nothing to do with, with what the body part you've been working over, and I always like to see that finish into the match. I mean, but this is nitpicking because – this, is a, this was a much better match than I expected out of these two because, again, it was just Bobby Roode won a tournament and now he's, the ch- now he's the contender. There was no fire between them. Like, I felt like Shinsuke and Samoa Joe was, had been going on forever and all the time there was more things added to it. So by the time they finished it, like, they hated each other. And this mm-hmm. was just, you know, a guy got a shot at a match, which is fine, but th- that wasn't there. So I guess my next question is, do you, what do you think they do now? Is Shinsuke coming up or are they building this to a rematch at Mania? Because it, you know, I, I, will, I, prefer, I prefer the Dillinger scenario. I prefer that I pitched before, but everyone gets a rematch and it feels kind of weird for them to do it on a, an episode of NXT taped at full sale. Jeff. Oh, I was going to go with Anna because she hasn't. Spoken. No, 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 please. <laughs> Anna, yes, sorry. <laughs> Thank you, husband. Um, My good husband. Well, I listen to I'll just retrace it a little bit. The moment Shinsuke did the first kick to Rude's wherever it was on his leg, I I knew that, okay, this is going to be an awesome match. Um, So the lack of build-up, surprisingly, because normally I'm all about story, didn't get to me as much. Um, In terms of what comes next, I don't know how you can debut Nakamura at Rumble after that. Yeah. That is the only, and I'm also not sure how the larger audience will take him. They're my only reservations. Otherwise, it's like, it's a no-brainer that he goes up. What else are they waiting for? Right. Um, So uh, if you you wanted to look ahead to the Bobby Roode championship reign, do you think he keeps it for six months more or less? I hope so. Oh, sorry, Anna, finish your thought. Sorry. I was going to, I hope so. And if it's the case of him versus Dillinger again, because I feel like they didn't really finish that storyline, I'd be all for this going for a very long time. Jeff? In a day where managers ruled wrestling, I, I could see either Oscar or Shinsuke getting brought up. In what Vince sees in people, I have concerns that they may never bring either of them up. I think they may be NXT lifers, to be honest with you, because they don't have to cut the lengthy promos Mm -hmm. live on national TV. You have room for editing. 
you have room for them not necessarily knowing English and doing retakes and things of that nature. They're great wrestlers. But Vince isn't necessarily looking for great wrestlers for his product. He's looking for great personalities. And I think they may be down there for a while. Bobby Roode, I think, has the belt for a while until um, probably until Ono gets through the Shinsuke uh, program. So they'll probably try and find someone as a transition. And this may be Roddy. This may be Roddy and Roode going at each other um, uh, until then. I don't, I don't know where they go with him. I don't know if they have, I don't think it's going to be a year long run, but it might be a good six months. Yeah. You figure that they have these uh, takeovers at all the big fours. So the next one's at mania. The one after that is SummerSlam and one after that survivor series. And you figure that Ruth's not going to lose the title except at one of those. So, you know, does it, SummerSlam, I mean, SummerSlam, SummerSlam seems right to me. But yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. Unless, of course, they go with my idea and have Dillinger. I think they should just have Dillinger. You're talking about NXT lifers. Dillinger could easily, you know, have a great program with Rude and finally take the belt off of him and have that, you know, have a have a, a long career there where he's a beloved babyface champion uh, for a while, and he might never actually really get up there because his ceiling in NXT is absolutely NXT champion, and his ceiling in the main, on the main roster is nowhere near that. Mm. Um, you know, so maybe because I love the guy so much, I'd rather see him come out, you know, uh, four times a year to crowds of 10,000 people and get adored than have him show up in the middle of the second hour of Raw one week and nobody care. Look, yeah, yeah no, I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you completely because I mean, I I'm of the opinion that Bailey was a million dollar property, and right now she's not. So if you can imagine them blowing that, imagine what they do with a guy like Dillinger. I would set something on fire, not to Dillinger. <laughs> yeah, I love him. I'd l- I'd like Oscar to kick. Bobby Roode's head off and take the men's title and just take on. Well, somebody was in saying that, that instead of uh, instead of uh, Dillinger coming out at ten, it, it should be Oscar and she should just lay waste to everybody in the ring. <laughs> uh, or Nikki yeah. Cross, I'll take Nikki Cross there too. I'll, I'll, I'll take her too. Um, uh, so that is NXT uh, Takeover uh, San Antonio for the Rumble. The next one is at Mania. Uh, I want each of you to tell me who challenges for the titles at that. Uh, a paper, that uh, take, take over in your fantasy booked world before we move on and, and head out for the night. Jeff. Oh crap. Um, <laughs> Again, this is uh, the longest build that they have is between mania and the SummerSlam one. That's a good long build. This is only two months. So that's like two takeovers. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think the tag team title match will probably be a three-way between DIY, the revival and authors of pain. I think they're just going to go straight ahead with the women's match being Ember Moon versus Asuka. And I think it'll probably be, oh man, it may be, you know what? Let's do this. Bobby Roode versus Hideo Itami at Mania. <laughs> Interesting. Anna? Um, Revival and anyone. <laughs> I don't care. Include tag team. Um, Revival and Oscar or Revival and Nikki Cross and um, Revival and Bobby Roode or Revival and Dillinger. Um, Bobby Roode and Dillinger. 
<laughs> no, no, yeah. revival versus everybody. That's that's fine with me too. Uh, I'm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I want, now I now I want. Hold on. Now I want to see revival versus Oscar and Nikki Cross. I think that'd be a great match. <laughs> well, I think at all. Honestly, if I love the revival, but they are dead for that. Yeah. If, if put put. <laughs> <laughs> this thing I love about about the revival is that, especially Dawson, but also Dash, are legitimately underrated performers in the ring. Yes, and yeah. so they've oh. been brutal uh, heel champs, you know, in in this division. I would love to see them like transition against somebody like the Authors of Pain to chicken shit heels because they could do that really well. Cowardly stuff. They could they could sell that really well, especially in a three way. As you said, uh, Jeff, between the, them and uh, DIY, you know what? it's going to be a four-way. They're going to put Sanity in there. I agree. That was actually what I yeah. thought was there going to be a four corners <laughs> match: uh, DIY, Authors of Pain, Sanity, uh, Demo, and uh, not Demo, Dane. Now, Killian Dane and Killian and Wolf, Dane and, and uh, Wolf. Uh, versus um, versus the Revival. Um, I think that would be really, really fun. That could be a hot fire match, uh, and. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't care if it's not going to happen. I want it. I want Tyler Dillinger going over Bobby Roode, uh, in Orlando where everyone really loves the guy and watched him grow. Like though people, the full sale faithful will all be in that stadium at, um, for Orlando takeover. And I want them all to witness it. Um, and then, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for a triple threat between Oscar, Nikki Cross and Ember Moon. Because those three together could be to do some really, really great stuff. That, and that also, you have a chance to have Ember Moon hit her finisher on Asuka and just think she's going to take it before Nikki Cross breaks up the pinfall on the mm. on a two and a half count, which would then you know allow that thing. Because that Ember Moon basically, because they've given her zero character development, is just an amazing finisher and a cat. That's what she makes <laughs> as well. I'm gonna put my cat down. Um, they had her. Wear, they had her wearing the red contacts during the pre-show. It was no, a bit, uh, that's no, this yeah, is her, that's just her natural natural eye color, Jeff. I'm surprised. Yeah. You know, he, she's a, she's a werewolf, it's and all guy. werewolves have red eyes, and they wear those cool Assassin's Creed hoods. She's a werewolf assassin, and I love <laughs> her, and I want their, them to give her uh, a build into Mania. All right, guys. So that was NXT Takeover San Antonio. Uh, and tomorrow we have the Royalist of Rumbles, uh, where anything can happen. Jeff will be back uh, here with me for that tomorrow night, along with Rob McCarron. Uh, Jeff, what do you have to tell the people about all them things you're doing over them to shake them ropes? Oh, well, we'll be here tomorrow, so we can That's tell good. you all about it then. Good, mean, we, have nothing to, we, have, we have nothing else going on for the next 24 hours. Let's put I mean, it that in, way. In case they wanted to check out your stuff between okay, now and there then. We <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can follow Rob and the show at Shake Them Ropes, all one word. You can follow me on Twitter at CrapGame13. Mostly drivel and bad jokes and me hoping that Anna will either retweet or like. <laughs> Anna, where can they find you? And you're amazingly... Uh, funny most ridiculous stuff that you do at annabout it's b-a-u-e-r-t that's on twitter and instagram and annabout one on facebook and we have a new episode going up tomorrow before the rumble before it becomes redundant um and luckily enough featuring me marrying matches um so it's all very fitting really she's turned mormon yeah well just yeah (laughs) just when it comes to this stuff Uh, everybody uh, check out uh, Fightful 
Wrestle at Fightful Wrestle. For, that's all our wrestling stuff now is on Twitter at Fightful Online for the whole shebang at Fightful MMA if you're an MMA person. Uh, if if you are and you've been watching this thing, maybe you took a wrong turn somewhere, but that's fine. We're love. We love to have you. Uh, follow me at Palowski the fourth P A W L O W S K I. T-H-E, the numeral four, T-H. I'm going to change that handle soon, so I don't have to spell this thing. <laughs> I mean, I, I Make, it, make it just Alex something, for God's yeah, sake. I probably could. Uh, Alex Pulowski somehow is a taken, is a taken handle. And it has been since 08 when I joined this son of a bitch. Uh, yeah. The person who's, who has it has tweeted four times. I don't, <laughs> oh, anyway. Uh, until next time, guys. We are out. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret. And visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.